Hey, thanks so much for joining us on the Summit Church Podcast. We want to connect you to a relationship with God and all that He has in store for you. We hope this inspires you, strengthens your faith, and gives you hope to live out your best days now. Enjoy the message. If you love Jesus in this place, can you fill this room with your praise? Come on, I need a little bit more faith, a little bit more honor in the room. If you are grateful for Jesus, and if you can, can I get you to stand up on your feet? Come on, let's lift up our hands, let's open up our mouths, and let's give Jesus a loud standing ovation in this place. Come on, Summit, you could do a little bit better than that. Let's, let's show him how much we love him. Has he been good to you? Did he save you? Has he blessed you? Are you only here because of his grace? If you are grateful for that God and for that grace, give him a shout. One, two, three, go. Yeah. There we go. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. It is an absolute honor for me to be here. In fact, in fact, I believe this is my fifth time with you guys. So I've been here quite a few. I'm family, and today I'm going to talk to you like family. It never gets old when your, your heroes honor you. I don't expect to be honored by the man, the myth, the legend, Pastor Rick Godwin. So for even me to be here sitting on your front row hearing those words, and even though I heard it in the last service, it's, it's a bit surreal. Because I'm so grateful for this ministry. I, I am so grateful for this house. I am grateful for the investment, the kingdom investment, Pastor Rick and Cindy have made into the earth from this very house. How many of you know that you have been blessed with the best? Do you know that? That you have two of the greatest pastors in all the world as your pastors? And, and I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today to honor them so that it goes well for you. See, so often when we show up to church and there's the guest speaker, we're like, oh, I know what's about to happen. They're about to do the whole honor swap thing. They're going to honor each other, and they're going to talk about them, and then they're going to say something back. And where's Jesus in all of this? You know, the, that person, that, that person always has a blog, by the way. They're the, they're, they're the Yelp reviewers. Um, let, 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 me, let me help you out before you get on your high horse and you think, oh, we're only supposed to make much of Jesus and not make much of man. Ex you're right, except you're wrong. See, the Bible teaches us, theology teaches us that when you make much of a man or a woman of God, what you're saying is, God, I agree with your choice. And when you come in agreement with the choice of God, God extracts praise from that. He extracts glory from that because what we're saying is, God, we, we are in agreement with what it is that you have. I can't think of a better choice than the choice he made in giving us these two incredible pastors and Pastor Rick and Cindy Godwin. Can we thank God one more time for their life, for their legacy, for their ministry? I'm just... I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you. Every time I come, we end up talking, and I always leave with more vision. I leave more full of faith, and I'm just so grateful for this house, and thank you. Thank you for having me back this many times. I'm just, I'm so grateful. You can go on ahead. Go on ahead and grab a seat. Go on ahead and grab a seat. I, I want to I, I challenge your faith this morning, if that's okay. Like, what are you going to say to that? No, change the sermon, you know. You're, you're, you're stuck now. You can't move. You can't leave. 
I want to challenge you, and I want to read to you, I want to read to you an Old Testament scripture. I want to read to you an Old Testament scripture, and then we're going we're gonna to land on a New Testament text. And what we're going to do is we're going to compare and contrast, and we're going to allow it. We're going to allow it to show us what it is that God has for us. Because how many of us believe that God has more in store for us? Can I get an amen? Can I get two people? Just amen. God has more in store for us. I want you to look at this text, 2 Kings chapter 7. And as you're finding, finding your way there, I want you to know that this message for me is, is not just a message. It's, it's a part of my current season, if we're being honest. I've entered into a new season where I am traveling full time. I get to do this full time. On the weekends, I get to preach for friends and family around the world. And what a beautiful opportunity it is. But when you go from pastoring on full-time staff to now, now traveling full-time, it takes a whole lot of risk. I'm only a few weeks into this, and I know that everything I'm doing right now is, is in complete obedience with what God has called me to do. So let me just say that as I'm preaching this to you, I'm not preaching as an expert. I'm, I'm preaching as we're all on the same seat on the bus. Second Kings, chapter 7. 2 Kings, chapter 7, verse 3, it says this. Now there were four men with leprosy. I love that. Not that there were four lepers, uh-uh, because their identity is found in the fact that they are men, not lepers. They have leprosy, but they're men, which is also a good, a good side note that you never start identifying by your diagnosis. You are more than your diagnosis. You are more than your diagnosis. You might be sick, but you're only sick for the moment, you are more than your diagnosis. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? See, there's a famine in the land. And because there's a famine in the land, people are trying to figure out how to eat. They're trying to figure out how to survive. The normal person, the upper class person was trying to figure out how to survive. So can you imagine what it was like for the leper? See, in those days, if you were a leper, you were marginalized. You were, you were sectioned off. You were forced into quarantine. You were made to live in a certain part of the town where no one could go near you. You couldn't engage in conversation. You couldn't touch anyone. You had to figure out life on your own. So if there is a famine in the land and it's impacting the regular class people, what do you think it's doing to these lepers? So this is the moment that they're in. They're in a moment of survival. They're trying to figure out how to succeed. And they have this conversation, and we get, to, we get to hear in and listen to what they're saying. They say, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there, we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. This is their enemy, by the way. And it says this, I love this line. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. <laughs> Come on, that's pretty funny. Of course you will die if they kill you. That's how killing works. <laughs> Verse 5 says this, at dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. 
For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dark and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys, and they left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. Look how God went ahead and prepared Jesus. The men who had leprosy, they reached the edge of the camp. Can you just envision this? They entered one of the tents and they ate and they drank. Then they took silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid them. Then they returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. Imagine these men who were thinking that that they could have a chance of survival or if they kill us, then they'll have to die. Now they walk into these tents and now there's, there's an abundance of, of supply. There's an abundance of food. There's an abundance of jewelry. There's clothing. There's food. In the midst of a famine, what the enemy meant for bad, God turns around and uses it for good for these, for these four men who happen to have leprosy. Imagine the moment. Imagine the smile on their face. Imagine they're completely blown away. It goes on to read. Then they said to each other, what we're doing is not right. (laughs) This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. Let's go at once and report this to the king. Let's go at once and report this to the governor and the mayor. Let's go at once and report this good news to the very people that marginalized us. What? You want to talk about kingdom living, kingdom behavior. Let's go at once and bless those that disregarded us. Jesus. Skipping on over to our New Testament, 1 Corinthians 2.9. I want to read this and declare this over us today. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I'll repeat, what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. If there is anybody in the room, I don't want you to lie, but I want you to tell the truth. If you love him today, if you love him today, you love Jesus, you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are madly in love with Jesus. He is your king. He is your Lord, and you love him. I dare you to take about 30 seconds and give him a loud standing ovation. Only if you love him. If you love him, and you so this is my God. This is my king. I love him with all my heart. I I love King Jesus. I I love King Jesus. I, I love King Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here right now, because if I was treated as my sins deserve, I would have been dead a long time ago. I would have been judged a long time ago time ago I would have been crucified a long time ago but I am here right now and I am blessing him in my teenage years I'm blessing him in my 20s I'm blessing him in my 30s I'm blessing him in my 40s I'm blessing him in my 50s and my 60s and my 70s and for the rest of the days of my life for me and my household we will serve the Lord because this God has been so good to me and although I don't deserve it he's given me everything I need and more and I will spend all eternity 
eternity with him. If you feel this way, give him a shout. So it's fair to say we love him. Do you love him? So then here's the good news. What he has prepared for you. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No body has visited the land that God has for you. There is land for you, Jesus. There is opportunity for you. There is more for you because you love him. And because you love him. There is more. There is more. There is more. With that said, I want to preach to you from the idea. We've got somewhere to go. If you're taking notes, you're going to write that down. We've got somewhere to go. If you're not taking notes, take notes. We've got somewhere to go. If you believe that this moment is more than a Sunday morning moment, but this is a prophetic moment speaking to your future, I want you to go on ahead and write that down. We've got somewhere to go. Pray with me one more time. Holy Spirit, fall. Speak and move. Do what only you could do in the precious and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. If you believe that, can you shout amen? Amen. 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 Thank you, sir. Can we thank God for all the musicians and the incredible worship team and all the tech people? Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. You guys are absolutely amazing. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Does anybody here enjoy traveling? Come on, let's be honest. We're in church. Anyone enjoy traveling? Anyone not enjoy traveling? It's okay. We're not going to judge you. Okay. There's a few of you. I'm, I'm not mad at it. I get it. I, I enjoy traveling. I, I, I really do. And me and my wife, we have traveled quite a bit. Uh, and we've become creatures of habit because although we enjoy traveling the world, we find ourselves going back to some of the very same places that we have had a good time in previously. So where do we go for a good time? We go to Cancun, Mexico. There's a great resort there that we love to go. I ain't going to tell you because I love seeing you here, but I don't want to see you there. Um, but we love traveling. We love traveling. We love traveling. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget as we were planning one trip, we reached out to two of our best friends. We reached out to two of our best friends and we say, hey, why don't you join us on the trip? So we started to plan out all the things we were going to do. We were planning out the restaurants. We were just laughing and thinking about the good time we were going to have. And, and I'll never forget, I'll never forget one of my friends saying to me, but I'm not sure because I've never been outside of the country. Now, Traveling internationally could be intimidating if you've never done it before. It's fair. you got new land. You've never been there before. You don't know the customs. You may not know the language. And you're trying to figure out what is it going to be like? What am I going to experience? So in fairness to my friend, she was nervous because she was about to go somewhere that she had never been. And I'll never forget as the time got closer to the trip. I could hear the concern, and I could, hear, I could hear how intimidated my friend was. Because as we're talking, whether it's through text message or, or, or a group conversation, I could just hear the concern. And it sounded, like, it sounded like she was going to back out. And I'll never forget a few days before 
My friends were supposed to show up. We were already there. Me and my wife had flown in a few days earlier so we could spend some time by ourselves. And we're talking to our friends. And we're like, oh, we can't wait for you guys to get here. We got some days planned out. And when I say we have some days planned out, my wife has days planned out. Because when I go on vacation, I don't want to plan, by the way. Well, I do. It's eat and sleep. And that's it. I don't want to do anything else. But she'd be planning out anything and everything. Any, anyone here married to somebody that just plans the whole vacation? We got to go see this, go there, wake up at this time. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus, okay? We're not, we flew over here to sleep, and that's it. We flew over here to sleep and, and eat, and that is it. But I'll never forget being on the phone with our with our friends, and, and I could hear she was concerned. She was like, I, I don't know if we want to come, and she was about to back out. But we started to tell her, hey, it's fine because we're already here. And because we're already here, we can tell you there's nothing to worry about. Everything that you're worried about, we've already experienced the fact that it's nothing like you think it is. I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. But guess what? We are here. And because we are here, we know that it is good. The Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you that the place that God is calling you today, although no eye has seen and no ear has heard, no human mind and no human body has ever been, but God, he's already there and he's been there and he's waiting for you. And he's saying, I want you to know where I'm calling you to go to. I am there and it's good. It's good for you. It's good for your marriage. It's good for your children and it's good for your business. I know what you're fearing. I know what you're scared about, but here's what I want you to know. I'm already there and it's good. It's a promised land. It's a destination that has your name on it. It's a place where you're going to find abundance. It's a place where you're going to find joy. It's a place where you're going to find peace. It's going to be the very place that you've been hoping for and dreaming of, but not knowing how and when you're going to get there. And what God is saying is that if you love me, then you will trust me. And if you trust me, know that I have good things stored up for you. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I have plans to give you a hope and a future. What I have for you is good. It's good. It's good. And here's the thing I want you to know about it being good. You can't spell good without go. You are going to have to get up and go. You are going to have to get up and go. You are going to have to get up and go because here's the good news the good news what God has for you is great here's the the news that accompanies that news if we stay here we die point number one we've got somewhere to go and it's not here we have somewhere to go and it's not here we have quite a few lessons to learn from these lepers today these men of faith, these, these men that were bold enough to step out in the midst of a famine. They say, if we stay here, we die. Complacency is killing more Christians than backsliding is. 
We have too many Christians. We have, we have too many believers that are willing to just simply settle where they're at as if this is it and that God has nothing else for them. And what the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you is that that is a lie straight from the pit of hell because the enemy would love for you to become comfortable where you're at and he would love for you to stay put. Therefore, you won't progress. Therefore, you won't advance. Therefore, you won't think. You won't grow. You won't dream. You won't believe. You won't plan. You won't save because you'll think where you're currently at is it. Husbands, God has more for your marriage than where you're currently at. Wives, God has more for your marriage than where you're currently at. I want you to know families, God has more for your children than where you're currently at. Children, what God has for you is far beyond than all the great things that your parents have done. Your parents have done great things, but we serve a God that goes from glory to glory to glory. He says, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. I want you to focus on me because if you don't, you'll think it's a good idea to stay put. But here's the bad news. If you stay put, you die. Because complacency kills. Complacency kills. Why? Because God is a God of movement. You know, I didn't even get to uh, share this with Pastor Cindy, but as I was praying, as I was praying about what to preach for you, preach here today, I turned on a message for Pastor Rick, and I shared with her yesterday how this one soundbite got in my ear, but I didn't get to share with you, it was the soundbite that confirmed what it was that I was about to say, what it was that I was supposed to preach, because what he was saying to the church, what he was saying to you guys, is that I don't want to be a church that gets stuck in an era. I want to be a church that is growing and moving along. He says so many churches and so many leaders, they, they listen to certain songs from certain eras, and they just say, okay, we want to be like this for the rest of our lives, but what he was encouraging us to do was to keep on moving and to keep on growing. How many of us know, I'm grateful for the songs that we sang, but how many know there are more songs to be written? There's more worship to be sung. There's more praise to be given. There's so much more that God has for us, and the enemy doesn't want you to know that. You know why? Because if you don't evolve, you dissolve. If you do not allow your thinking to grow, if you do not allow your mind to expand, if you're not waking up every day and saying a Romans 12 prayer, say, God, I offer up my life to you. I want to offer up myself as a living sacrifice so that I can become the man, the woman that you have called me to be. Friends, God is a God of movement. And I don't know about you. I don't want to be where God was. I want to be where God is. He told you to start the building. The, 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 the business. He told you to start the family. He told you to make the investment. But understand, with making the investment and starting the family and starting the business, you don't just leave it as is. There's a work to do. If you want your business to grow, you're going to have to put work into your business. If you want your family to grow, then you're going to have to put work into your family. Allow me to, to say this to the men that are in the room, because I know as a man, I've made the mistake of thinking that all I needed to do was go to work and provide for my family. And that's not true. That is a lie. That is a lie that society tells men. Women do 
do not, do not marry a man. If you are single, do not marry a man that is just comfortable getting a job and allowing you to lead the way. Reverently and respectfully, as a man of God, you are supposed to cast vision. As a man of God, you're supposed to be leading. It is not your job just to go out and get the bacon. It is your job to lead your family. It is your job to prophesy over your family. It is your job to lead your home. It is your job to provide for your family. It is not enough to bring in the money. It's, it's, you have to get to the place where you're telling your money where to go. I am telling you, we need to be men of vision. We need to be women of vision. We cannot be people that just stay stuck. The Bible says that without vision, people perish. You know the same is true over families? That if you don't have vision for your family, your family will perish. Don't ever think that because your children are getting older that they're advancing. Age is not an indicator of advancement. Maturity is. Growth is. I, I want to I pray powerful prayers. I want to pray bigger prayers than I prayed last year. I want to think bigger than I did last year. I want to have more hope than I did last year. You know why? Because if we stay here, we die. And the Holy Spirit is saying, we got somewhere to go. We got, we got somewhere to go. We got places to be. I read this quote the other day. It says this, complacency is a sword of two edges. One edge kills hard, earned success, while the other end stops future glories. Complacency is a sword of two edges. One edge kills hard, earned success, while the other end stops further glory. Complacency is a murderer and a barrier. Complacency is a murderer and a barrier. Complacency is a murderer and a barrier. And I want you to know, if the enemy cannot keep you from Jesus, the enemy will try very hard to keep you complacent. Because complacency kills, but guess what? Faith moves. Complacency kills, but faith moves. Complacency kills, but faith moves. Complacency, complacency tells me where I'm at is enough. What I have is enough. Where I'm at is good. Whatever comes with me staying here, it is what it is. But friends, how many of us know that Goliath would have never died had David not stepped out on that battlefield? How many know that Noah would have also drowned if he wasn't bold enough to step out and build an ark? How many know that the Israelites would still be in captivity if Moses did not step up to Pharaoh and say, you have had my people locked up for too long? It is time that you let my people go. How many know that the kingdom in Israel would have been the same had there not been men and women that would step out and step up, whether it be Ruth or Esther, whether it be David or, or, or Peter, or if it would have been, if it not would have been Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John who were writing down and documenting what it was that God was doing. What the gospel is screaming at us time and time again, it is time to get up and go. Because your God, our God, is a God that is always on the move. And what I felt the Holy Spirit wanted to do is break down the mindsets that have told you where you're at is good. It's good, but it won't remain good. Because anything that's alive, that stays in the same spot, will expire. If you do not put movement to it, what was good will become bad. 
Say, God, what is it that you have for me today for my family? What is it that you have for me today as a husband, as a wife, as a son, as a daughter, as a student, as a business owner, as a neighbor? What is it that you have for me? Because I do not want to stay stuck where I'm at. You know why? Because I'm headed somewhere. Where are you headed? I'm headed where no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no body, no mind has ever conceived. All the things that God has for me. Why? Because I know that he loves me. I wrote it down this way. If you can't see it, that means you haven't arrived yet. If you can't see it, that means you haven't arrived yet. Because what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard, there is something that God has and he's waiting for you to experience. And as a result of that experience, you're going to get blessed. As a result of that experience, you're going to release a praise. You're going to release worship. And you're going to be able to testify the goodness and the greatness of God. Friends, we got somewhere to go. And if you could recognize it with your eyes now, and if you could recognize it with your ears now, and if you could recognize your surroundings, then you may not be where God has for you. Where God has for you, no one has yet to experience it. But here's the good news. It's waiting for you and for you and for you and for you. Is there anybody in the room that would say, I received that for my family. I received that for my marriage. I received that for my mental health. I received that for my spouse. I received that for my business. I know where we're currently at, but what we're currently at is not the cap and the full existence of everything it is that God has for me. If there's anybody with a little bit of faith and a whole lot of ability to make some movement I dare you to give Jesus a shout of praise in this place I want to challenge you to put a praise on him so that you could understand as a reminder I'm happy where I'm at because where I'm at is where God brought me but I'm not done yet which means there's more movement for me to make there's more that God has for me. You could retire from a job, but you never retire from assignment, man. You could retire from a position, but you never retire from favor. Friends, you are favored. You are favored children of God. You are favored man of God. You are favored woman of God. He says, my favor is all over you, and favor won't keep you still. If we stay here, we die. If we go there, to the city, the famine's there too. We die. The city, in your Bible, always, repre always represents secular living. The city is synonymous with Egypt. Anytime you read the term Egypt in your Bible, Egypt represents secular, secular lifestyle. It represents bondage. I thank God for our cities. I thank God for San Antonio. I thank God for New York City. I am believing and declaring that our best days are ahead of us. I am declaring and believing that revival is coming. I am still believing that San Antonio could be flipped upside down for Jesus and people will be saved and people will come back to Jesus and addicts will be broken of their addiction and people won't find the need to do illegal activity just so that they could try to advance but families are going to be restored in the name of Jesus and liquor stores are going to go out of business because alcoholism won't have bondage on our cities and we'll be able to do something about homelessness and we'll actually start to see a break in racism and we'll start to see unity. I am declaring it over San Antonio. I am declaring it over New York City. Our best days are ahead of us. Our best days are ahead of us. Our best days are ahead of us. But hear me, not because, not because of who they are by themselves, uh-uh, but because what God has planned for them 
San Antonio doesn't have anything better to offer you than what you're getting right here. So if we go there and we embrace their thinking and their beliefs and their behaviors, it will kill us. Let me talk to the person in the room that is wavering in their faith and is considering picking up other beliefs and is considering buying other statues to put in their house for good luck and is considering listening to other preachings and teachings of other theologies and other beliefs of other gods. Don't mess around with it. The city has nothing to offer you. Secular living has nothing to offer you. I understand that celebrities say things like, this worked for me and this helped them, but they don't know the truth. Somebody's financial success does not give them the jurisdiction over my mindset. I know that the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means the Word of God is always good, which means if it said yesterday that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, you know what that means? That is true today, and that is true tomorrow, and there is no other God but Jesus. There is no other way to heaven but through Jesus. There is no other way to live when it comes to identity, when it comes to sexuality when it comes to finances, when it comes to hatred and love, there's no other way than what the Bible says. I get that it's 2022. I get that it's crazy out there. But don't just, don't believe that because it's crazy out there that God stopped working. He is alive and well. And what he is looking for, he is looking for men and women of faith that are willing to stand on the word of God that say, for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And I don't care what a mayor says. I don't care what a president says. I don't care what a vice president says. I don't care what a CEO says. I don't care what a teacher says. I don't care what public education says. You could change your curriculum, but my theology is not moving. We believe in what God says about marriage. We believe in what God says about identity. We believe about what God says about finances. We believe that we're supposed to bless our enemies. We will bless those that curse us. We will stand on the word of God. The enemy will not win. He will not take over our lives. We will identify as the men and the women that God has called us to be. If there's anybody in the room that says the word of God is the only word that I listen to, it is the only word I abide by, and it is the only word that I will teach my family and my children and my children children if any of those people are in the room give them a shout we're not going there let's bring it back it's Jesus it's only Jesus it's always Jesus we're not going to modernize this gospel. I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. I love the Godwins. I love churches like Summit that understand the importance of, of, of aesthetic and design. I'm, I'm all about it. That's how I want to build a church one day. But let's not get it twisted. Just because we may mess with the design, we never mess with the designer. He is king and he is Lord. This, this, is what, this is what we use to lead us and to guide us. This is what we use to show us how to step. This is what I make my decisions based off. I don't cut corners because the word of God tells me not to cut corners. I don't introduce anything else into my marriage that is not of God or from God. I understand culture. I understand what your grandma did and what your grandpa did. I understand what your parents did. But reverently and respectfully, what does your father say about it? And if your father says, 
you're supposed to live this way and operate this way, then I don't care about culture. I don't care about another country. For me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Well, Pastor Chris, don't be so closed-minded. I'm not being closed-minded. I'm trying to keep you alive because if you go there, you die. If we stay here, we're dead. If we go there to the city and embrace secular living, we're dead. So then what do we do? We listen to the Holy Spirit. And we say, we got somewhere to go. And you know where it is? Where no person has ever been. It's where no eye has seen where no ear is hurt. I thank God that these men did not consult with somebody else smarter than them. Because their plan sounded crazy. But you know faith sounds crazy. It sounds crazy at first. But then when you, when you follow through, you realize what life is like on the other side. <laughs> but why wouldn't life be better on the other side? The Bible says, this is what God has stored for those that love him. If you love him, here's what I have for you, Holy Spirit says. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind can conceive on its own. That's what I have for you. That's, that's what I have for you. That's, that's what I have for you. And I'm, I'm a good father. I'm a, I'm a good, good father. And I know how to give good gifts. I know how to give good gifts, and I have good gifts for you. I have good gifts for you. 1 Corinthians 2 9 says this However, as it is written, what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. Romans 8 28 in the NIV says this And we know that in all things God works the good for those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. The same text in the message translation says it this way That's why we can be sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Matthew 7, 11 says this, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? The same, the same text in the message translation poses it this way, so don't you think the God who conceived you in love will give you what's even better? Here's the promise. If you love God, then you'll love what He has for you. You'll love what He has for you regardless of how crazy it sounds. I know what he's telling you to do with the business. You never had that idea before. I know how he's telling you to live and operate in your schedule, waking up a few hours earlier, taking this out of your house, no longer listening to that, removing this, no longer partaking in this, no longer going to those spaces. Can we be honest? We have all found ourselves in moments where we're questioning whether God is actually having a good idea or not. It sounds crazy, but so often faith sounds crazy. It sounds crazy that we believe that our eternity is hinged on the fact that there was a, a God named Jesus, the Son of God, who left the right-hand side of the Father, came to earth and died a death for us over 2,000 years ago. And as a result of that death, it did not just cover a multitude of sins. It covered each and every sin of each and every human being that would ever walk the earth. And the only, the only thing that they need to do so that they could unlock that grace in their life is confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord. Friends, it sounds crazy. But the best part about it is that what's crazy is true. He says, you love me, 
I love you more. I would never give you something that would harm you. And I felt this so strongly. I don't know what God is telling you to do with the business, but he's saying to trust him. I don't know what he's telling you to do with the home, but he's saying to trust him. I don't know what he's telling you to do with the finances, but he's saying to trust him. He's saying, trust me because what I have for you is good, and what I have for you is going to blow your mind. If you could just trust me, I'm about to take you to new heights. At first, you'll question it. You might even hate it. But I promise you, eventually, you will love it. I'll never forget I was traveling to Mississippi, Flowood, Mississippi. Come on, that is so Mississippi right there, Flowood, Mississippi. And I had my, my good friend BJ with me. And we had to take three planes to get there from New York. And I'll never forget, after taking the three planes, showing up at our hotel, unpacking our luggage, he looks at me and he goes, Pastor Chris, where are we? And I'm like, huh? Like right now? We're in the hotel. You okay? You know? He goes, no, no, like where, where are we? What, what state and what city are we in? And I'm like, BJ, you got on three planes. And you're telling me after taking three planes, flight one, flight two, flight three, you don't know where we are? Bro, how does that even happen? He said, well, to be honest, it didn't matter where I was going because I knew I was good because I was with you. That's the kind of faith that we need. That says, I don't even need to know where I'm going, but I'm telling you I am willing and available to take the ride. I am willing and available to get on board. I am willing and available to go. No matter how many stops it has, no matter how many layovers come with it, I know that if I'm with you, then I'm good because you love me and I love you. And I know that you love me way more than I love you, so I'm committing my life to you and saying whatever it is you have for me, I want it. Whatever it is you have for me, I accepted that for me and my household, we will serve you because we know that you'll take care of me. See, there's somebody in the room, you have been struggling and you have been procrastinating and you have been trying to convince God that where you're at is enough. He's saying, I need you to move from there because what has become, what has become the very place that I was trying to launch you out of, it's going to eventually turn into your shelf. And what should have been your launching pad is going to be the very place that you become stuck and I'm trying to launch you into new heights. I'm trying to take you where no eye has seen, where no ear has heard, and where no human mind can conceive. And I'm telling you, stop messing around with that way of thinking and that way of believing. What I have for you is better than that. It might sound a little crazy, but if you surrender to me and if you commit your life to me, you will be good. Why? Because I'm a good God and I only know how to give good gifts to my children. 
I only know how to give good things to my children. So I don't know who I'm talking to. But if you're in the room, I'm going to be the first one to stand up and say, my life is yours. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do. I am going to be a man of faith. I'm going to be a person of faith. If there's any other kingdom people in the room that says I'm willing to get on board, I'm not staying stuck where I'm at. I'm not staying put where I'm at. I'm not messing with any other name but the name of Jesus. If God be for me, then it doesn't matter who's against me. It doesn't matter where he's sending me because where he's sending me is good. If you believe that with all your heart, lift up your hands, open up your mouths, and give him a shout. One, two, three, go. up every hand lifted up every hand lifted up just just pause for a second every hand lifted up see the thing you got to understand is that you're not just moving for you you're moving for everyone connected to you because your life is a lesson and if you stay stuck the people around you are going to think that that's it but if you move what you're going to show is that the people that are around you there's always more in God See, I love these four men. And although they, they had leprosy, it did not keep them from being kingdom. They said, this is a good day. We, we can't keep this to ourselves. We, we got to go back and we got to share it. You know why? Because the kingdom always produces generosity. Your faith isn't only meant for you. It's meant to be shared with, with those to your left and to your right. And in a day and age where, where people are struggling with depression and addiction, all because they, they want an escape from life, you have the ultimate escape, and his name is Jesus. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Let's see people free. So therefore, let's share Jesus with them. See, the decision of the next generation is literally based off of your current decision. For me and my household, that doesn't just happen because I declared it. That means that I'm challenging my own son. I'm making sure that in, in my life, he's being blessed by the decisions that I'm making. You know, just yesterday, we were in the airport. We were flying over here. And Al, who travels with me everywhere, is one of my closest friends. As we're waiting online at Starbucks, a girl comes up to us and she screams out, ow. They start talking. 
Then they both look at me and Dylan, they start to share their story of, of how she used to work with Al and she did not know Jesus and, and she wanted to know about Jesus and Al was able to lead her to Jesus and then taught her how to read the Bible and now here she is years later, she's fully in love with Jesus, she had a brand new job and as a result of that brand new job working for the airline, she turns around and she ends up getting us upgrades on the flight. Friends, you have no idea who you're investing in. You have no idea of their future positions. Oof. You have no idea of their future authority. These four men, they said, we got to go back and we got to share. They weren't going to rub the, the king's nose in it. If anything, they, they could have had the attitude like, oh, you treated me like a leper? Well, I'm going to keep this to myself. No, but because they were kingdom. I got to go back. I got to share what I have. Friends, we have to share this, this faith. There are generations that are looking for men and women. We need a church and a people to rise up in this world that say, I'm not staying stuck where I'm at. I know 2022 happened to me, but it's not going to happen in me. I'm going to keep on moving forward. I'm going to keep on living. I'm going to keep celebrating. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to keep praising Jesus. I know we've seen some great days in the church, but I believe that the best days of the church are ahead of us. I believe there's more revival. I believe there's more blessing. I believe there's more salvation. I know how secular this country's become, but I am believing that there's a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit coming. And it doesn't always look like a church service. Oftentimes, it looks like a conversation at a co-worker's desk. It's revival. It's, it's revival. It's just seen differently. It's just seen differently. It's just seen differently. He goes, you don't think it? Man, put your love where your faith is. Because what I have for those who love me, what no eye is seen, what no ear is heard, what no mind can make up on their own. I have it. I, I have it for you. I have it for you. I have it for each and every one of you. Come on, if you're in the room, you say, I, got, I want everything it is that God has for me. Lift up your hand right now. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to say amen, and we're going to give Jesus the loudest shout of praise all over this place. I'm telling you, your situation is going to tell you not to shout. Your situation is going to tell you to be quiet. But thank God these lepers did not listen to their situation. Thank God they allowed God to lead them and guide them. Church, you ready? Father God, we come before you right now, and we say yes and amen to your will and to your way. We receive every promise. We declare every promise. We say that your way is better than our way. We say we lay down the business. We lay down the family. We lay down the children. We lay down the marriage. We lay down the mindset. We lay down the customs. We lay down the culture. And we say, Holy Spirit, have your way. We want to be men and women of kingdom. We want to be men and women of faith. We are not going to be men and women that stay complacent. We are not going to be men and women that look to the secular. We are going to be men and women of the kingdom that declare the goodness and the greatness of God through the name of Jesus and in the name of Jesus our best days are ahead of us and in the name of Jesus wealth will come to our family and in the name of Jesus generational curses will be broken in our family and in the name of Jesus addiction will not get the best of our family and in the name of Jesus divorce will not run through our family no longer and in the name of Jesus and for our children and our children's children we will bless the Lord we will serve the Lord for the rest of our lives with all of our lives in the name of Jesus. Summit, if you agree with that, give him a shout. 
Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting summitsa.com.